Hello, everyone. Welcome to probably the shortest episode we're going to do for at least a while, but there's some noteworthy news that we either missed from last week or uh, went live the second we went off the air. Maple Leafs have done this numerous times. Uh, I don't know why they continued to do it. They made two moves. One is significantly more important than the other. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's get the le- let's get the less important one out of the way. Uh, they signed Leafs signed Simone Benoit to a one year league minimum deal, uh, formerly on the Anaheim Ducks. Interestingly enough, he played on a defensive pairing with John Klingberg, so it kind of makes sense. He's really going to be a debt signing, going to play in the AHL. Yeah. Like, initial reactions, like, okay, depth, um, their salary cap situation is still, I have no idea how they're going to maneuver it. And then they made it worse. Uh, Well, not this year Not this year, but next year. So, I guess... I will preface this by saying, signing your best player is a good thing. It's it's signing your best player is a good thing. Sometimes, though, you have to ask that question. So... Let's announce the contract. The big thing that at least I've been waiting for all summer. Um, Austin Matthews finally signs a new deal yes. with Toronto. Um, he signs a four-year, $13.25 million a year contract. Uh, the highest average annual value uh, in the entire league for now. Um, this really puts the Leafs window... Well, Really, their window is going to be in the next five years, especially this year, considering their, I guess, core four, I hate saying that, is uh, it's probably going to be the last year they're all around. Um, Now, first reaction to this deal, when I first saw it, was, yay, he signed, but that contract is pretty steep. And you, wait, do we tell the extent of what that deal is, or not yet? Yeah, it's $13.25 million for four years. So basically, he signed until 2028. Yeah, he will be 31 at the conclusion of the contract, which is hard to believe. I'm going to say this right now, and I'm going to say this with a lot of confidence. Yeah. This is their last. I mean, I'm going to. It has to be. This is their last chance. Yeah. For with, me, when you sign, is five years. When you sign Bertuzzi, Domi, and Camp. Yeah. Or no, Bertuzzi, Domi, Klingberg, and all them. And Ryan Reeves. Don't forget uh, Ryan Reeves. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> still awful move. Um, three. Jesus. Um, <laughs> um, when you make the signings you do, like when you bring in guys like Klingberg, Domi, and Bertuzzi, these are three guys who are on one-year approved deals. It's not like yeah. a reclamation project. Well, Klingberg, Klingberg is. is. The other two are some- not. Yeah. Those are two guys who are looking to get huge paydays if they play well this season. Oh, yeah. And the reason that's a bit concerning is I don't know what next year is going to look like for free agency, but the fact of the matter is you're going to have those three up. You're going to have another depth in Sam Lafferty. You're going to have Brody and Klingberg gone after oh this gosh. year and Giordano. Yeah. But Jordan's probably going to be a retiree. Probably. A, but he might retire. He'll yeah. probably retire after this year. But he's yeah. going to be gone, most likely, after next oh, season. Oh, for sure. He'll be like 42, so, I think. You put that. And Sam Zonoff. He's not signed past this year either. Yeah, I know, because he went to arbitration. So he's so, going right to unrestricted free agency. Especially with how well he's played yeah. being in Toronto. He's going to get a, a nice contract. If you if Corpus Salo got the contract he did with the Kings, 
Or was the, no the Sens. the Sens. If he got his contract that he did with the Sens, like Sam Sonoff is going to get paid a yeah. lot if I Grubauer proved gets anything. Like but six mil. he could, and it's not going to be with the Leafs, unfortunately. So but, that all sums up to me: it's like if they don't win this year, they're going to end up rebuilding. Yeah. I think next, at least next year, it at the least into twenty twenty five, which makes I guess for me it makes one signing him for four years feel confusing. And two, you're putting that much on the table and you're paying for right now. Yeah. But if they don't do anything next year, then your right now is going to be possibly rebuilding. That so, just doesn't make sense to me in the way. Yeah. So I, I, I'll, I'll break it down a little bit as to why I think they did this. Um, basically, from like a lot of sources like inside of the NHL are saying the salary cap is going to start going up. Like we're starting to get out of COVID. The owners got their like escrow repaid. So what they're thinking is a salary cap could go up as much as 15 million, not this season, but next season it could go up like $15 million. And then the season after that, it could probably go up another 10. So you're looking at another $25 million to work with. Oh, Okay. So let's right now the contract is like oh my god that's a huge percentage of the salary cap like you really can't incorporate that into your team but looking at it right now like Matthew still has one year left on his like eleven point six three million dollar deal so like it's stomachable it's not great but it's stomachable this one to me if the cap goes up as much as they're saying. This is a better deal than the eleven million dollar one to me. I guess, but here's the thing, and I'm, I and we've talked about this, that if I, I'm always against salary caps jumping up in like, yeah. and I'm not talking like jumping up a few million. I mean spiking. Yeah. I'm highly against that. As I've watched the NBA, I watched when they jumped up the cap by I don't even remember. I think it was like thirty mil or yeah. twenty mil or something like that. Yeah, it was thirty million dollars. It was thirty million dollars, and they overpaid. I, I want to get like say like thirty to forty players that yeah. year, and it completely messed up what free agency was. And I have a bad feeling that if you were to take going into this year, think about that. If the cap spikes. Nylander could go from being a seven million guy to a twelve million guy, like yeah. because of that cap. Uh, Bertuzzi could go past double digits, and he's not. He's like, not going double. Domi could get like eight, and I'm saying this like as the way of how the yeah. cap is. Like, would you pay eight million for Max Domi? No, no, no. Under that new cap system, the max I'm paying him is six. But there's going to be everybody's going to end up yeah. overpaying if you spike it by fifteen million. That's yeah. the bit that's. I guess troubling to me because how much did it usually go up? Like two, it one million goes up like five ish million. Oh, one, per, uh, five million. I mean, okay, that's actually like that point playing off it actually makes me feel better about this deal because if you get it done now, yeah. Matthews is a thirteen point two five million dollar player instead of say a sixteen million. Like Connor McDavid is going to break the bank when that new salary cap hits. Mm-hmm. He could get to me. He could probably get upwards of twenty if he wanted it. And what what's what are the Oilers That's gonna do? Nuts, tell them by no. the way. They're gonna tell the best player in the world no. They're gonna tell the best player in the modern era no. Like, seriously. You will your fan base will burn the city to the ground. Like basically it's going to be whatever Connor wants he's getting, 
if they can afford Dreisaitl, because Dreisaitl's another one in this. Dreisaitl probably has the best value contract well, in the NHL right now. And the worst part total. about it, he's up first. He is. He's up after the 2025-2026 season, so they're signed for another two seasons. McDavid's three. Dreisaitl's getting at least 14. He's getting 14 And let least. me tell you right I now, he's getting 16. Even, let's say within two years. Let's say by 2025. Okay, the cap jumped up. Uh, like 20 million? 25 million, yeah. what you said. Then, yeah, you could reasonably afford those two. Yeah. But that at that point, you're saying, okay, well, the rest of the lineup is staying the same. Mind you, uh, Darnell Nurse has paid. How long is that contract? I think it's like another six, seven years. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. He's not done until 2030. Mm. Seven years. Yep. Oh, that's disgusting. Hey, Jack Campbell's up in four years. That one, like, if the cap goes up, that contract's not terrible either. He, I mean, he's paid $5 million to sit on the bench. I'm just. This is not at, Rick DiPietro, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking at a bunch of these contracts, and I'm like, the GMs clearly know something is going on in the front offices. Like, they, they have to be briefed on what's going on. Like, I could see Matthews getting the 13.25 mil. Like, if the, if the salary cap stays what it is now. This contract, you're expecting Matthews to hit 50 to 60 goals a season with that contract because he has to. Yeah, but that's the problem. Yeah. Is I'm going to say this right now. Like, unless your name is Wayne Gretzky or, like, Prime Ovechkin, you're yeah. not doing that. I don't even – maybe McDavid, but that's about it. That's a very small list of people. And that's the problem, and it's something I've wanted to talk about, Yeah, is that – I think a lot of people, unfortunately, will view player success based off of money when in reality, the issue is a lot deeper where it's more on the organization because, you know, know, how many, raise your hand, (laughs) obviously between two of us, but anybody, anybody who's listening or watching or either or. Um, raise your hand if you have whined or complained about a player because they get paid too much and they're not worth it. We are both raising our hands. If you are not, well, one, you probably don't have a team you support. But two, if you aren't, you're lying. I'm telling you right now, you're lying because most of us have have had a player that we have watched get overpaid. Uh, For me, it's Philip Grubauer. (laughs) I probably, like, over the course of a regular season... Yours was probably FNUF. <laughs> no. Oh, was over, over the course of a regular season, there's probably, like, four or five I get frustrated with because... What was one of the biggest fun. examples? I'm curious. Oh, boy. Uh, like, do you want a recent example? Like Ever. One like, the one who, has bugged you, one who has bugged you the most. It could be recent, old, either or. Oh, boy. Just be honest with yourself. For me, it's Grubauer because I haven't watched hockey much, and he drives me insane, and he's one of the highest-paid players on the team. I mean, in terms of, like, in terms of, like, postseason, because, like, regular season, I feel like a lot of the current Leafs players live up to their contract with the exception of Tavares right now. Mm. Playoffs, up until this past year, it was Marner by a long shot. Matthews can be incorporated into that too, but all time it was pro, it was 
probably David Clarkson. Oh my god, I forgot yeah. about him. Yeah. How much David Hitler? Clarkson was one. Uh, I'm trying to think of the I guy have on the Penguins this, who made too much money and didn't do anything. I have to look this up right now. The Penguins never really had that problem, though. I mean, I guess right now, Tristan Jari, who got a pay raise. Where Tristan was Jari was one. Like the, yeah. up Recently, Jeff Petrie was a big one. Jeff Brian Dumoulin was a pretty big one, too. Yeah. I never saw... I never Jeff actually, Carter. Yeah. So, like, wait, let me just do a double check. I've never seen David Clark since... Oh, you never saw it? It was like $7 million a year. Oh, my In God. He got $5.25 million for seven years. Yeah. Which, like, today's cap Oh, my is, God, Dave Nones. I think the equivalent of today's cap is like that's, $7.5 million or something like that. That's disgustingly bad. Yeah. It's In awful. 2013. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Oh, is that the now. year they signed, like, Dave Bolin? Yes. And, like, uh, all those players? That was players. the year they wanted to sign all the Boston beaters, and then they didn't even come close. Didn't even I do spot. vaguely actually remember this contract. That's yeah. so bad. But long story short, people, the reason I talk about all of this is that we always like to blame the players. But in reality, a lot of the issues of the contracts come from the organization the because they're so – because you can you could put this in any sport. It don't matter what it is unless it's like tennis, golf, where you basically self-promote yourself. Yep. Whereas like in the case of like the MLS, the MLB, NHL, NBA, NFL, any of them, any of those leagues and any other leagues that are officially like that, all of that is driven around the GM. And unfortunately, what it's also driven around is ego. Oh, yeah. It, it is ego central. You could – it does not matter the sport. And, Jimmy, you probably can easily attest to this. Half the time, it's people trying to outbid each other, just grown yeah. men trying to size each other up in a way to yeah. get a deal out so they can brag about it to their fans, especially nowadays with how social media is run. They also want to brag about it to, like, the other GMs, too. It's, like, the competition between the GMs and, like, especially to the fans. Like, hey, look what I got. I can't get fired. Here's this shiny new Austin Matthews re-signing. I mean, I know, in I know Living's defense, he's new. I know, I, I know. I don't know how Kyle Dubas would have done with that, but that's, a, that's speculation. Yeah, it's all speculation. And I just talk about it because I think a lot of people give a lot of crap to uh, players, and I think some is deserved, especially if if you're a player and you kind of burn your bridges with your fan base, then you know what? They can fire all the shots that they yeah. want. Um, I'm trying to think of an NHL example. I can think of plenty of examples of football and baseball in which oh, they what? burn like bridges. Burning bridges with fans? Yes. Oh, boy. I can't think of one off the top of my head, which seems stupid. Jack Eichel? Yep, yep, no, no, no. He won a ring, so what do I know? And he did win a ring, but he burned an entire bridge in Buffalo. Screw the bridge, he won a cup. Yeah, but. Sometimes. If I got a ring, like, hey. 
<laughs> not it's fair. I'm just like it's tough because we all want to be successful, but at the same time, we then I think look past I think some elements of loyalty. Yeah, because in sports, it almost be and that's my biggest fear with the cap going up. The league could start turning into ring chasing like the NBA. Yeah. I like, don't know if it ever will though because the cap in the NHL is, is just, still like, low. hard set. It's hard set like if you go over it like barring the LTIR loophole like you can't go over it. And like I don't know how I feel about it like to me I think the NHL should employ somewhat of a luxury tax because like if you're actually going to spend money to build a good team you should be allowed to do it with a certain exception. Like, teams like Arizona who aren't even trying, like, okay, just spend to the salary cap floor. But, like, if you're a Rangers, if you're a Leafs, if you're a Kraken, a Penguins, like, eventually, like, teams like Montreal is going to come up. Like, you should be allowed to, like, spend money on guys, like, that will make you successful. Like, if you're making a run for it, go ahead. You know what's funny? Arizona is spending more money than um, eight other eight other NHL franchises. Uh, I'm kind of surprised by that, but not really because of how much money they're paying people to, like, not play yeah. for them, which is kind of nuts. They, they are higher than the Flyers, Sharks, Blue Jackets, Red Wings, Predators, Sabres, Blackhawks, and Ducks. Good Lord. And I, I think you're absolutely right as well as the worst bit that I think a lot of the players... It, there's seven players. Yeah, we 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 remember. I remember us talking about this when we were back home. Um, no, it was seven players, and I think a combined cap of like twenty million or something. Stupid. Yeah, it's more than what they're paying their defensemen. Something stupid. You're something it's more dumb. than they're paying defensemen. And if I you were to that. take all the players out, then yeah, they are the lowest. So I do know yeah. what you mean. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll go on to. The piece of news it, like that came out in Seattle, um, kind of un- an unexpected one. Um, Jonas Donskoy ended up retiring at the age of 31. Um, it wasn't due to like poor quality of play; it was due to his health, yeah. uh, too many concussions. Like, I didn't read yeah. the full statement of what he put out. Um, I know it had to do with the amount of concussions he had. It was da- yeah, it was starting to add up, which, um. It is sad. He wasn't great for us, but I do feel bad. He was he was a solid depth piece. Yeah. I I think he is a he was a solid depth piece. Yeah. I'll like say I have nothing bad to say about him. It's just he wasn't great, but yeah. I mean, things unfortunately happen, and it's sad. So I'm I'm hope wishing the best for him in retirement because I know sometimes. Yeah. Like, Transitioning from sports to retirement is And those concussions will mess bad. you up, man. Um, his full statement that he put out uh, was, To everyone who has supported me on and off the ice, after suffering multiple concussions over my career, I have decided to retire from professional hockey. It is extremely hard to let go of something that you have put your whole life into, but at this point I know it's the right decision for my own well-being and future. 
I got to live my dream of being an NHL player, which I am extremely blessed and grateful for. I think I was able to reach my own potential, which was always my biggest goal. I would not, oh, it would not have been possible without so many people who helped me along the way. Thank you, San Jose Sharks, Colorado Avalanche, and Seattle Kraken. It was an honor to be part of these three world-class organizations, cities, and fan bases. To all my teammates, coaches, trainers, doctors, front offices, and fans, thank you for the best years of my life. I met so many great people and lifelong friends on and off the ice. Thank you, Steve and the whole Bartlett family for representing me throughout my NHL career and for helping me transition into life post-hockey. Thank you to my wife, Devin. I don't know where I'd be without you. I have been out of it so many times over the past years, and you have stuck by me and supported me every day. I am looking forward to putting our family first now. I love you, Declan and Jay. Aww. Yeah. So he addressed so many things. So honestly, like, good for him. He's prioritizing his health. Um, and his kids. Yeah, he's putting his family first. Like, I... I I completely get it. Like, it's one of those things where at a certain point, and a lot of players, unfortunately, play through this, like, with that. Like, they will play through it until the friggin' wheels fall off. It's just sad. Yeah, and, like, you never know how life's going to be post-hockey, so if you catch it, if you catch it very quickly, like, it's one of those things where you just got to call it quits. And for him, like, I don't blame him. Honestly, good for him. I think... He preserved a lot of his, a lot of his quality time spent with his kids and his wife. So good for him. Congratulations on your retirement. We wish you the best in your future endeavors. And maybe your jersey gets hung up in the rafters for the Sharks after that overtime goal in 2016. I don't know. Hey, That's how could. I remember him against the Penguins. But Definitely. <laughs> they were so close. They oh well that. Final wasn't close, but it the overtime goal was nice, but the final wasn't close. No. It was not close at all. No. But. All right. Now on to some we have two pieces of unfortunate news, um, both of which happened last week. Um well known Buffalo Sabres uh announcer Rick Generet passed away. Um I remember him as um, the guy when Brad May scored the overtime goal. I don't remember what year it was, but he was mo- his most famous call was Mayday, Mayday. Like that. That's I think that was that's what I remember. Eighty nine. I think it was eighty nine. It was it was either early nineties or late eighties. I'm gonna look it up right but now. He was honestly one of the best uh, best NHL announcers of all time. Like. Definitely one of the best regional NHL announcers of all time. Um, I remember, like, I think his final season was, oh, it was last 93. year. Yeah. Yeah, it was last year, and his they gave him a big season. retirement. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was so, and you know what I really love about, like, what made this, like, sad in a way, mm. but I loved about Regenerate, he... I really feel like was a guy who paved the way for a lot of yeah. hockey commentary. And it's really sad in the span of like a – it's either been a year or two years. Like the, one of the most well-known baseball commentators in Vince Scully passed away. Oh, yeah. And then just like two weeks or a week or two ago, Rick Jenner passed yeah. away. And it's it, 
it hurts me a lot because like this is where my love and passion goes into the sports commentary, whether if it's professionally or just, you know, something that's a little more laid back like this. Like I have a lot of respect for a guy like that because he like even because I only watched the last few years of hockey, like right around the yeah. time you obviously retired. And he genuinely was one of the most entertaining Oh yeah, guys, and he covered a team that was probably in the darkest time of their ever franchise. Like, I give him all the credit in the world. He was one yeah. of the, he was one of the best to ever do it. He always showed up to work with a smile on his face. He always had time for young people looking to get into the business. Like, always put others first. Um, Rick Jenneret will be greatly missed. Um, I think the Buffalo Sabers lost a good one. Um, the entire hockey community lost a good one. Um, Sports World yeah. lost a good one. Um, before we get to a moment of silence, there is another um, death in the world of sports that um, I want to bring light to. Um, it's not hockey related, but um, I am a very big wrestling fan. Um, I know a bunch of our listeners are a big wrestling fan. Um, I was a huge fan of this guy growing up. I remember the first time I saw him. Um, scared the crap out of me. Like his his whole thing was just was super scary. But um, unfortunately, uh, Windham Rotunda, aka Bray Wyatt, sadly passed away at the age of thirty six on Thursday. Mm. Um, big loss to the world of wrestling. Um, the most heartwarming thing I've seen is uh, just a lot of people like not only in the world of wrestling but in the community all gushed about how great of a person he was he always had time to sign autographs he'd stay after shows like countless hours like just signing for kids taking pictures with kids he was just a great person to be around um people in the locker room uh just found him just to be a darling he was great um my most fond memory of Bray Wyatt was um, probably the Wyatt family's match with the Shield back. I think it was 2012. I'm I'm dating myself here, but like he was he was great. And during the pandemic, his Fiend persona was wonderful. Um, I was devastated when they released him, but he came back and probably the best produced promo that WWE has ever done. Um, it was 2014. Yeah. That that match was crazy, but it it really sucks. It's been shaking me for like just the entire time. Um, I know uh, we got like just watching wrestling. Like Nick and I watched all in and just for AEW, great show. But the entire time, it's like they were doing tributes to Bray Wyatt or Wyndham. Um, yeah, it ju- it just sucks. I just don't really know, like, it, I can't really put into words uh, just how much he's going to be missed. Um, I was really looking forward to his next run, but unfortunately we're never going to get it. And uh, a lot. the good news is a lot of people are carrying on his legacy, and that is a very encouraging thing to yeah. see. All right. Um, let's honor them by giving a moment of silence and then we will fade off in this episode. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, have a good week and, uh, may they rest in peace. Let's give them a moment of silence. <laughs>